Hey everybody, this is Kevin Hefferton. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. On behalf of Steve Lemmy, thanks for joining us. Today on the podcast, we have an awesome guest, John Resick. He's the co-founder and the president of the wildly popular trend-setting site, thechive.com. If you don't know it, I'd be surprised because millions of people visit the site every single day. And uh, But if you don't know it, it's a site that aggregates material about comedy and beautiful women and fun in general. And uh, really, you can't go anywhere these days without seeing someone in a Chive t-shirt. Um, it's everywhere. And uh, John and his brother Leo are the masterminds behind it. And we had a great time shooting the shit with him. He tells us the really amazing story about how they launched the site and they grew it into what it is and you know his hopes about where they take it next and it's great because he doesn't really do a lot of interviews or things like this, so we were very lucky to get him on. Um, so John Resick, he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, uh, also an actor, uh, which we talk about that, which is really a cool story. And uh, But generally, uh, he's a great guy with a great sense of humor, very much like ours, and we had a fun time hanging out with him, and I guarantee that you will too. So, Chew Crew, without further ado... We bring you uh, the founder of The Chive, John Resick. Enjoy the chew. Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it. And this other guy, Steve. Chew it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. Chew it. They're going to get chewy. Chew it. They might even get me. Chew it. But they're going to get funky on this podcast thing. Okay, wait. Okay. All right, now we're going. Sorry, we usually we usually have a producer that does this shit, but we're over here in, in the valley. Yeah. Usually we have somebody to do this for us. The studio was all booked up today, yeah. and uh, we decided we'd come here and record at our television office. <laughs> this is lovely, though. All it's the, pretty good, right? All the handmaidens that have, have been in and out of here. Yeah, exactly. We so stock our place with handmaidens. We figured when a man with your stature uh, arrives here, <laughs> we should supply handmaidens. <laughs> Can you I introduce know. me to my parents? It, I mean, it is true. I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass ourselves, you know, I'm embarrassed. having John come over here. I'm embarrassed. Because we went to his office last... A week and it's head mains everywhere. Yeah, well, that's and beer and <laughs> everything, slides and bars and pleasure. It's really <laughs> let's let's impressive. Um, let's chew and then introduce our guests so we can put it all into context. Okay, okay. Uh, our podcast is called Chewing It. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, so we like to chew before we start. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Ease your way in. Yeah, yeah. get up in you there. Chew too, okay. yeah. and then you chew by yourself. Slower, faster, more deliberate. He's got like a different paste chew. What do you think he's doing? What are you chewing? I went for steak. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, steak is great. Steak with maybe a baked potato with lots of chives on it. Oh, oh what's up? Oh. Funny, but not so funny. I not see that what funny. did there. I went uh, $68 shrimp cocktail. Oh, that's, that's what, what I was had? chewing that's just now. Lounge. <laughs> that must be a tasty <laughs> shrimp cocktail. I wouldn't know. There's a special shrimp. We were talking earlier about that I'm going to this pretentious place called the Polo Lounge right. at the Beverly right, Hills the Hotel. Hotel. Right. This is just not me in any way, but I'm going right. to meet a friend there. Right. And I believe that they have a $68 shrimp cocktail. And I could be wrong, but I always want to know, like, what do you guys think four 
prawns are worth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and where are they from that they cost sixty-eight it's, fucking dollars? Because that's a seventeen-dollar prawn. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a it's an eight-dollar bite. Right. Yeah. Depending on how you chew, and I chew sure. a little bit different. Yeah. They better be big fucking shrimp, by the way. I eat them in one bite, no matter what. Shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I just go one bite. Although, tr- a little piece of broken lizard trivia here. Yeah, yeah. I did defeat you in a shrimp cocktail eating contest. You did? Yeah. I when? Did. It was when we were in Denver. Or no, we were, we were in Arizona at okay. Soder's mom's house. Okay. For the Super Bowl. Okay. And they had a huge layout. <laughs> I love that you don't remember <laughs> okay. having a shrimp. I, d- I kind of don't, but I, d- I remember the Super Bowl. It was uh, Patriots, Green Bay Packers. And they had a huge amount of shrimp cocktail. Right. And for some reason, you and I had a shrimp cocktail eating bet. Oh. And you had this reaction. You were like, no fucking way. And I don't think anybody, including myself, thought Was it in eat. how many can you eat in a certain time period? It was just all in. like Okay. You know. John, what if you did that at the Polo Lounge today. Well, I would say first of all, I'd remember <laughs> having done so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the tab would be like a thousand bucks, right? Not up a thousand dollars. That's yeah. like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys style. Didn't what was it? What was the story? He uh, didn't he lock himself in his Malibu home for a while and yes, he, I know that. Yeah, on uh, yeah. shrimp like, cocktail. It's like shrimp cocktail. Yeah, yeah I had a ten thousand dollar a day shrimp cocktail habit. I think it was Gordon's fish sticks or whatever it's called. Is that what it was? The Gordon Fisherman? Is that what it is? The Gordon Fisherman, yeah. Yeah. The New York Islanders, uh, 1992. Uh, right. Their outfits. Mascot. Yeah. Um, our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just. We've chewed. Well, it's just that I, I want to put it all into context here because, uh, because, you know, sometimes we won't introduce the guest for like 30 minutes, but we'll just be talking. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I think, I think people want to know exactly what we're dealing with here. So, <laughs> so our, our guest today is John Resig. Right. Co-founder and president, and president, and, and president, CEO, right? Are you the CEO, COO? My brother Leo is the CEO, but we got those titles by flipping a, a coin. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wanted to be the CEO, but that was that was heads. Okay, tails. I'm the president, I guess. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I, I, I've always wanted to be a COO, the coup. Well, that's funny because I met the guy Doug, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, you met Doug, and because uh, when we were over there at the Chive, it, he said, "Okay, wait." So John Resig is the uh, co-founder and president, president of, of the, the Chive. Chive, right? And so possibly the greatest website, no, probably, probably known to man. Probably, yeah, probably possibly. the greatest possibly. site in the world. Yeah, in the world, right? Yeah, and we or stole on Earth it from. Uh, we were at the King's Head in Santa Monica. Okay, my brother and I used to get uh, shit housed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they had a decent happy hour once upon a time, and this guy, he he looked like he was he weighed like three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. He was like the. <laughs> It's like a bag of Crisco walked in, but he was wearing this old <laughs> Carlsberg T-shirt. Okay, that said probably the best beer in the world. Okay, and Leo okay. and I both looked at this guy and we thought this is a this is a handsome man. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is where we're going to take this. That's website right. That's right. To the next yeah. level. Yeah. yeah, and it worked. But that's he good. was your inspiration. That guy. He, he still is. <laughs> Think about him often. That's good though, because like you're you're. Trademark that is keep calm and chive on, which yeah. was what like a World War One or World War Two. The World War Two, yeah, British, though uh, British, right? Piece of propaganda that was never released. Okay, yeah, and that was keep, keep calm, calm and carry, carry on. on. It was keep on and carry on, right? And but we were sort of the first iteration of that coming to America, right? And a lot of people don't. I don't I'll tell the story if yeah. no, I've never really told it before. But we had this. We were living on the Venice canals, and not in the people think of the Venice canals, <laughs> not was, Europe. Yeah, but in but, Venice, yeah, California, not not in Italy. Yeah, so there's this the sm- good ones, the good ones, the good canals on, on the good side, the stinkier canals. Yeah, so we were living there, but our and our neighbor, his name is Donald, and he was like 
the rich neighbor that we had, he was actually successful, and yeah. we were we were just broke. So we would always. Who, go, what did Donald do? What was he? He produces. He's a duck. He pro- <laughs> cartoon ducks. He produces a lot of the Geico Gecko commercials. Oh really? Okay. And he does all the Range Rover commercials. And he's okay. the nicest guy in the world. He's always kind of been a big cheerleader of us, even when we were failing. At okay. Some of our other okay. websites. But we would go over to Donald's place. He had nice food. Yeah. Like he had good. He would always have like fingerlings. Is that what they, they uh, you know? Fingerlings. What like potatoes? Rolled up. No. Yeah. Well, everything's about fingerling potatoes, potatoes and fish. But, yeah. I, fingerling. I always thought a fingerling was what Hugh Hefner called his uh, his women. Oh, his you pig. You pig, Lemmy. What? You're a pig. Go on. Go on. Uh, just to put it into context. So what year is this and how old are you guys? Or this like, is or maybe 2008. I, okay. And we had started the chive. We'd been toiling on the chive for about a year. It was kind of successful. And but we were getting drunk at Donald's place and we were eating, eating all his food and he was really into wine. Okay. And I would only drink Natty Light at the time and then he introduced <laughs> me to like high end Italian red wine. You're like, like, what's this? Like, yeah. yeah. Your taste buds woke up. So yeah, basically we'd just eat all his food and Leo and I Leo came running out of his bathroom one day. Um and he was like, You gotta see this man. He's like, All right, I'm like, All right, what's in the bathroom, Leo? <laughs> And he brought in, we saw that big red poster that said, keep calm and carry on. And we started doing the mental math in our head. Like, yeah. keep calm, carry is five letters, chive is five. Right, right. And, and we'll just do that. But to give you an idea how quickly that idea moved from England to there, his, Donald's mother, who's English, okay. and Donald as well, I should say, went to the Northumbria bookstore right when they discovered the poster when they had like 120 of the originals. Okay. And just bought one. And it, it was from the British government that they never, it was they a campaign never they released, never did, right? And they discovered it at the Northumbria bookstore okay. in like the basement somewhere. Wow. And they, there's a whole story about it on, on well done on YouTube, and you yeah. should look at the, the genesis of Keep Calm and Carry On. But it, it was a propaganda thing that the yeah. British government was going to do while they were getting bombed yeah, and while they're, yeah. Keep Calm and Carry On. Yeah. They, they made four different sayings, slogans, and they, Two of them were released. The other two, one of them was Keep Calm and Carry On. Okay. For whatever reason, they thought that was the shitty it one. Didn't make the cut, huh? Didn't make the cut. What made the cut? I don't know. That's don't the embarrassing know. thing. No. Yeah. Uh, you can't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> so he had the poster there, and you were like in a just kind of light bulb moment. poster maybe a month after it was discovered. Yeah. And we, first of all, I don't think that the success of the slogan or Keep Calm and Chive On is was certain like a lot of, we've sold a lot of t-shirts and that's yeah. what our, our audience knows but we just kind of released it to the public and said maybe you like this maybe yeah. you don't yeah people went crazy well that was what happened with us kevin and i were in calgary uh probably like three years ago doing a stand-up comedy show and all these dudes i think were it was 2010 2010 or 2010? 11 yeah something like that yeah Oh, that's a while. That's six years 2011, ago. maybe. Five years ago. There's yeah. tons of chives in Calgary. Yeah. Regardless, we were there. It was a few years ago, and, and uh, all these dudes showed up all weekend at our show wearing Keep Calm Chive On mm-hmm. shirts, and we had no idea what it was. And, and, like Halfway through the weekend, we were like, what the fuck is, are these <laughs> fucking shirts? And they're like, you don't know the chive? What the fuck? And I think somebody actually, like, our, our opening act, our guy named Chris Gordon, was like, you got to check out the chive, and like showed it to us, and we we're like, okay. I yeah. see now. What but this no, is all also, about. also, I think uh, we ended up for some reason. I don't know if we had the same agents or something, or UTA. there was yeah UTA, and they kept saying to us that we should get in touch with the Chive guys because mm-hmm. we have the same audience, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then those guys kept showing up at our show, 
And then we're like, what the, What is this? We should probably get And then we did. Shout out to Furrows and, and Max Doublefield right now. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, and so I, that's, that's how we got turned on to it, you know? And it was like, wow. Like, we had no, no idea. Yeah. But that, 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 I mean, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a website. It's kind of, what would you call it, like a men's content? Or do you not like to you pigeonhole know, it no, like I, that? I would be the last one to ask what the chive is. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you started it, dude. I know, <laughs> I know the sort of magic baby batter that goes into yeah. it, but I, I don't even know what it is. I guess in the same way that the guys on Top Gear would probably tell you it's a show about three middle-aged men behaving like infants. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> it's so much more than that, but yeah. I don't know if it is or not. No, there are so many different layers yeah. to it. it we call, it's like three legs of this stool, really. Yeah. I'll try to explain it. But One now, is, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Comedy is easy. Yeah. Sexy is even easier. Yeah. If you can be funny and sexy, that's great, but if you can pull at your audience's heartstrings... And th- then you've got the three legs of the stool. Yeah. Something like we. I try to make my uh, the chivers cry every once in a while. Right. And having a heart is important. Sure. And then that's lost on the internet wholesale. Absolutely. At the like yeah, no, yeah. everyone just wants to sit behind the 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 anonymous glow of their computer screen. Yes. Yeah. Take out all of their of their vitriol out. But I think them. I read something that said that you uh, in the early days would uh, edit the vitriol a little wow. bit out. Yeah, right? Is that true? Like you, in order to get that attitude out there, yeah. it was like, "Hey, this is we don't want all these fucking assholes." Wow, I don't know where you heard that. That's actually true. Is that true? Yeah. So right now, everyone thinks that we're heav- we heavily moderate the comments that people right. get banned all the time. We don't moderate shit. Like I don't, yeah, right. don't have a group of moderators at all. Right. But there's a time when you did yeah. just to establish the feel so of the I place. Thought early on, I was like, you know, it's my website. There's you know, fifty thousand people on it. Yeah. You know, I'll do whatever I want. I'm not making any money off of it. So yeah. I thought that you should treat people in online the same way that you treat them in real life. Right. Like if you go into a into a college uh classroom and you look at some girl and you're like, Hey, check out check out this slut. Yeah. You know, look at this yeah. fucking slut. Right. You know, you're gonna get <laughs> punished for that. Yeah. Like yeah. someone's gonna send you to the dean's office, you probably get kicked right. out of school. Right. So here are these girls and I started doing it in Sexy Chivers first. Like, these people that were calling girls, like, whores and sluts, and I didn't understand. Like, some girl got half-naked for your viewing pleasure. And right, that and you're being a dick. Angry. Yeah. Like, yeah. that makes you mad. Yeah. So I was like, first of all, don't call my chivets sluts and right. whores. Like, fuck you. Get right. out of here. And I would just ban them forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's right. No, that's why not? I, I mean, why, it's not like you, ha- you know. And so yeah. that sort of put it into the our first group of users you know gen one chivers yeah that they should follow my lead and sort of self-police not that they could ban other users but if someone came in and was mean they would like you'd see a response from a chiver and i love that that they would do this to this day they would just politely say hey man this probably isn't the place for you yeah you know four chans over here yeah, you're gonna yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I still sure. go there. Yeah. yeah, everybody's welcome to join, but if you're an asshole, we have the right to kick you out. But yeah. that, but that's that's just establishing the tone, which I think is a is an important thing for that. You I, know? I'm, I didn't know. No one has ever asked me that question. You've done your homework. Thank oh, you. Kevin, Kevin, Thank you. You know, Kevin's a lawyer in two states. <laughs> Are you really? He, he digs. I am. He digs. I am. Wow, I'm He's impressed. Done, I what other skeletons you have in your closet? <laughs> oh God! We'll he, get to those. We'll get to those. Covered. But no, okay. So, so now, tell how many how many daily viewers and how many monthly visitors and all that kind of business. Those huge, they're huge numbers. Yeah, if you go by Google Analytics, I would say like unique visitors. I would ballpark it around fifty million. A per, month. Okay, what's a unique visitor? That's someone who 
pings your website once a month, and if they go there every day, it doesn't contribute to the aggregate. You know, because okay. we probably get you know five or six million visitors a day. Yeah, right. But if you multiply that by thirty, then we would have two hundred million visitors. Uh, a month, but we don't. That's just people visiting and revisiting and mash loading the page gotcha. to see the next gallery. Okay. And a- advertisers place more value on a unique visitor, which I understand. And how, I mean, how do you do? You then try to nurture the unique visitor, or no? We, you know what we do now a little bit. You yeah. hear about traffic user acquisition, the whole shareverse, the game that's being played by yeah. the sort of uh, the click holes of the world. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, BuzzFeed and Elite Daily. Yeah. But the Chive never really did that. We were all just direct visitors, people who typed in thechive.com okay. or directly downloaded the app. So we're, I don't really think... But I was, reading, I was reading something. I believe again, you. You're a lawyer in two about, states. Uh, mm-hmm. About uh, John. No. But isn't it that how, how kind of you guys got into that business of like you kind of had cracked the code of how you get people to click on... I, yeah, okay. and that's, you have done your well. Own. So, yeah. so then let's because this is interesting. So let's go back. Why don't you tell us about how the chive started? Okay, or, and even before that, how you got into it? Yeah, my my well, my brother was running. He worked for Crew Creative, which is now out of business in the first blush of the advertising industry. So you all seen the seven twenty eight by nineties and the roadblocks and the reskins that you see on the internet. Uh-huh. That came about like two thousand, late two thousand six, early two thousand seven. Right. Just the idea of online uh, Advertis- advertising yeah, yeah, yeah. is still in its neophyte. Yeah, stages. yeah, sure. Yeah. So, but he saw sites like Egotastic and Perez Hilton, and he would come home. To, we were all like five of us were living in this house in Rose Avenue. <laughs> it was actually like six or seven. I love that. It's the same with us. We lived in like yeah, one yeah. house together, and, all and the broken lizard guys. That, and that place five Dudley was. It was on Rose Avenue. Oh, right. right. The beach. That, that was farther down on the beach. Yeah. 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 That's where they filmed, uh, I forget, I Love You, Man, right, ar- right around there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a fun area. Let me drop some knowledge on you. Wow. Look Dudley. at this guy. <laughs> but so. He was in sort. Of, he would come home and be like, "Holy shit! Like Perez Hilton made a hundred thousand dollars last month." Right. And like, we acknowledge the difference between a bean burrito and a beef burrito right. at, at Taco Bell. It's like ten cents, and that mattered. Some days it was right. just bean burritos. Sure, that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So trying to figure out how to eat lunch. Yeah. Whatever. So I had discovered uh, social media aggregation models at the time. Mm-hmm. You would know it now as reddit.com. Okay. But in 2007... But how did you discover, what, how did you discover that? Were you, were you like a computer know. savvy dude? or were you? No. No, I wasn't on... I was a commercial actor, but I remember I went to dig.com okay. one day, and I was hooked. Yeah. And, the and they were an aggregate site, they right? Were they were 20,000... Uh, the community could submit their own stories, and they would matriculate up through seven subcategories okay. to reach the coveted homepage. And okay. if you wrote, re- reach the homepage of Dig, you could, the website or the domain that made the homepage would benefit to the tune of 250,000, 300,000 clicks. Okay, okay. It was called the Dig Effect. Okay. And it, it was like you had all this traffic that you at your disposal if you could figure out a way to get, to get people to, okay. up, up to, to the, the page. Homepage. Okay. Kind of like Reddit, kind of like kinda if you like get on Reddit their page. Now, right, right, okay. Except... At the time, I thought Diggs' algorithm was had flaws in it. I thought it was there were some holes in in how you get onto the page or how yeah. you okay how okay. how you ushered a story that you submitted. Let's say I wanted the chive to make the homepage. I figured out that if you achieved a certain diversity in Diggs, okay, 
and a velocity of digs, meaning how many digs you got over an hour, sure. two hours, it would take three or four hours. How the sometimes. fuck did you figure that out? Just trial and error. Tri- so what we did, we created all these <laughs> dummy accounts, and I hired all these ex-like Stanford dropouts, <laughs> okay. like people that were way smarter than I was. Yeah. I was, and we reverse engineered the algorithm. Okay. So we would create these dummy Holy accounts shit. that we knew were going to get the shit banned out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we would load them into sort of these Tor systems, dynamic IP addresses that were changing the IPs constantly, so yeah. Dig couldn't see what we were doing. Okay. They would eventually catch the user and ban us. Okay. But as we were able to get further and further into the process, like get a story to the third category, fourth category. And a story, like a true life story? Anything or you want. Like it could be a photo. It could be a news article. It could be anything. Okay, so by story, you just mean a piece of content from a somewhere else. A piece of content okay. from the internet. Yeah. And a GIF. Or exactly okay. yeah. an odd story, a, a heartwarming story, a, a clickbaited story. Yeah. It could yeah. be anything. Yeah. And once we we figured it out, then we were like, "Holy shit! I think we got this." But then we waited another month mm-hmm. to see if they would catch us and kept working as if. So suddenly, we had clocked the dig algorithm, which at the time was a big deal. Yeah. And we had all this traffic at our disposal, and. I sold it to the highest bidder at the time. I was sort of a mercenary that way because I was tired of working at Singular Wireless. <laughs> like, have you ever worked at a kiosk? Yeah. I worked at the kiosk at the Westwood Mall. Oh. A kiosk. That's like, you're lower than worm shit. Yeah. You know? What year was that? Because I was probably over there. I, know. I, I probably over walked there. by you several know. times. You probably did. Yeah, yeah. You've never acknowledged me. <laughs> you well, not even a human being. You what was dick. your, like, uh, did you have a line to solicit people? Like, uh, <laughs> I couldn't do that. Hey, can I brighten up your day for a second? <laughs> no, I would, just, I would just hit on the girls. Yeah. But, yeah, so we had this traffic at disposal. So I went into, like, Hollywood Reporter and IGN and Turner Networks and uh, Ask Men, the big domains that my brother knew right from from the advertising from world. his yeah. advertising yeah. we're getting a lot of money and i would say well you want traffic i have all the traffic in the world so i became the so- the head of social media for everyone from you know the hollywood reporter to to rotten tomatoes but what was that first conversation then like like you walked in there and they're like who the fuck are you Good, it's and, a great question right? before i walked in i would annihilate their site with traffic for like a 10 days straight really they would be like, what in the fuck is happening? Why is our traffic just skyrocketing? They would see the referrals. Because you put them, them on dig. and I okay, do it pro bono. Got it. I was okay. just helping them out. Yeah. I would smack their radar as hard as I could and then walk through the door and the secretary. I'm the guy. Yeah. And the secretary <laughs> would invariably be like, no, what? I don't know. And I'd be like, call the president right now and tell him. The guy who's been giving the dig traffic is sitting at your front desk right <laughs> Holy now. Shit, Holy shit, that's Every great. single time, it would be like a sprint down to grab me. What a yeah. pair of balls you've got, John. <laughs> no, I was just desperate. I didn't have anything to lose. Right. Yeah, but still, though. But I smart. Think, I that's think smart. Uh, the American dream. Yeah. When people see You see it all the time in movies. Right. It's the guy, who, the guy with nothing in his pockets walks into the fucking <laughs> office and says, Un- unannounced says I demand to see the CEO and they're like about to escort him out and he's like well you tell him the yeah. guy with the dig algorithm is sitting in this thing and they go oh they yeah. double take and, yeah. all, and they've been watching you're that guy yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you go in there and you get the fucking thing it's true but then after like a year I was making all these this money for these big corporations and I thought if we could create our own website our own Right. Vessel. And drive the traffic to I you. all the traffic. Yeah. How do you get traffic on the internet these days? You go to the corner of the Ventura Freeway and all yeah. the sign, please <laughs> come to my website. Right. Yeah. So I knew how to get traffic on the internet. My yeah. brother knew how to monetize it. 
So we started a bunch of blogs that failed because we failed our uh, we failed our nuts off. Yeah, just well, you have our twenties. You do. Yeah. And then the chive is kind of a relative hit out of the gate, and I could infuse it with traffic, and Leo could sort of monetize it. And, and but we, the original things were were like hoaxes and things like that. Is that how you guys oh, got yeah. to that? Is yeah, that how we you would, we would make hoaxes? Right. And that, but is that how you drove traffic to the chive for the first time? Or uh, yeah, because I couldn't put it up on Dig because Dig had this secret blacklist. And were you on it? We were so new, no one knew what the chive was. Okay. So it wanted, it would, the algorithm would benefit an established site rather than ours. Okay. So what we did was we we did hoaxes. Okay. But is that how you got traffic originally to the chive then? Or was it the pictures or was it the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The the hoaxes. The Hopa hoax is what I put on the map. What's the Hopa hoax? It was this girl who quit her job on a... Uh, Oh, we were talking about it. Jenny. Jenny. Jenny, Yeah, they call it the Hopa hoax. Okay. But... Jenny Whiteboard, whatever you want. To call I it. saw that. Like, yeah. uh, I remember when it happened, and it was like one of the ones I saw. Like, girl quits her job using the chart, and I, and I watched it. I was like, that girl's fucking awesome, beautiful, and I mean, it's a great video. And it, she fucking quit, and when she just crushes her, crushes her, destroys her boss. Yeah, calls him out for playing Farmville like eighteen hours a day. Yeah, or something like that. And that was sort of the button. I remember we did a casting call for that. Yeah, girl. For, and her name is Elise Porterfield, and she was the perfect mark. Mm-hmm. Like he, she had glasses, and she had this like sexy librarian look. Like you, you were pulling for this girl. Yeah, and so we really thought that hoax through. And when we launched it at six in the morning, Elise Porterfield was at my apartment on the Venice Canals. Okay. No, no. She ended up, <laughs> you I, sure? You unfortunately, sure? oh, don't. Not for lack of trying. Let me made oh, a hand gesture. Yeah, I gave she, him the uh, old sex gesture. The old hand oh, gesture. No. no. Yeah, the, the did you hit it? Yeah, no, unfortunately, I really didn't. didn't did I, you have to get her to keep her mouth shut though? Like not to? She had to play, you know, right? This is the weirdest thing. So yeah. we went to at six in the morning. We launched the story, and it went viral fast. Yeah, like we saw it had like a hundred thousand likes in the first ten minutes. And this is on the chive. This is or this, this is okay. Got it. Okay. People were just naturally sharing. Yeah, it, it became the most liked article that Facebook ever had to that date. The only thing that got more likes and shares would be a year later when, when I think Barack Obama's mother died. Okay. Uh, that was how viral this thing went. Yeah. And to speak to it at a grassroots level, six in the morning, we launched this. We're watching this go everywhere. And we wanted to get a burger at Hananos on Washington. Okay. At like <laughs> one o'clock because we were hungry. Right. And we walked into Hananos after what? Five or six hours of this thing being live, and Elise Porterfield got mobbed. Holy Hannah. shit! And they thought she was the girl, they and they were like, "Oh, congratulations yeah. you're for quitting!" She, the look on her face is like, "That's fucking crazy." What is happening? Right oh now? my she god! She went from zero to famous in six hours because she probably was like, "Ah, I'm just shooting this thing with these guys." She yeah. had no clue. Was she an actress or just a? She was an actress. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Holy but shit! To see that happen and the look on her face when she turned around to look at me like she looked at me like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Have you done? That's and I was like, I don't know. And you must have been shocked, too. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? I don't know what I've done. Yeah. Well, you know? because it was, I mean, that was something, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, Kevin and I uh, shot a web series a couple years ago, and we took interviews with all these places that are de- trying to develop content yeah. for the Internet. And uh, everything is, if they talk about it in Birdman, it's like, you know, you want to create something that goes viral. Oh, yeah. But nobody knows what that is. What's the formula for creating something that goes viral? And nobody knows that. But everybody is searching for this thing. 
And when it happens, it is truly a phenomenon. Like you, I remember people being like, have you seen that video about the girl who quits the thing? I'm like, I know, I saw it this exactly. morning. Advertisers come to us all the time and they want something that's viral. And I always explain to them, viral is a happy accident. Yeah. We've manufactured it, yes, but there have been a lot of other ones that were like, all right, we're going viral today. And we just take a, a hot, steamy shit on the floor. Yeah. No, we would talk to the funnier die guys. Yeah. And they would be like, you know, we spent X amount of money on a video because it's going viral. Yeah. And we've got all these great people in it. Exactly. And then it. Because well, that's I mean? the thing. It's like, yeah, there's no formula. Trying, viral is stuff that nobody tried to do. It just happened. And it did. And you see the funnier die stuff when they went Jewel, when they took uh, yeah. Jewel into the gas lamp. On in Santa Monica, yeah, as and she had a prosthetic nose, and no one knew who she was, and she was singing jewel songs, right? I mean, they manufactured that, but that was genius. Yeah, sure. Well, that's like Arnold Schwarzenegger going to the uh, the gym, <laughs> and uh, did you see that, that one? That was great. Yeah, with the wig with the wig on. on. Went yeah. back to Golds. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And people, yeah, like avoiding him, and uh, I mean, so like at the end of that day, yeah, you got uh, how many hits do you have at the end of the first day? Seven and a half million. <laughs> Unbelievable. Holy shit. And Our so servers holy barely shit. held up. Holy and so shit. How, and so this is officially under the banner of the Chive. How long has the Chive been around at this point? And how does how does how do you change overnight because of that video? Maybe eight months at the time. And that really changed everything. But at the time my brother was living in Chicago, the yeah. CHI of Chive, CHI, Chicago, V E Venice. Yeah. And that's where the name came from. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't lo- it wasn't a love of the uh, the S- herb, of the subterranean root. <laughs> yeah, no, that Indeed. gets no love. <laughs> no, uh, that changed everything. That was like the moment that we knew. No, it wasn't that moment. It was like a week later when the traffic stuck. Because anyone can go viral, but if your website is shit, they're just going to leave and go somewhere. You else have to anyway. keep them coming. But we yeah. saw the the bounce rate is what you call it was not very high, like 58% of the visitors were coming the next day just to see what the Chai was doing on a daily basis. Right. So, yeah, we went from, like, 200,000 visits a day, and that one put us on the road to a consistent, like, million. And did you know in your mind that you had to have more content? To, or you were just yeah. aggregating content yeah, anyway? It doesn't matter. We hired my, my cousin Bob. Okay, yeah, who yeah. we met, that Bob. you got to hire your yeah. cousin. Bobby, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's what I love. Like, we went to your office last week, and your entire family is there. Your yeah. sisters are there, your bro- you and your brother. It's your cousins, and, you know, it's really cool. It is. Like, I just love that we all get to hang out with each other. Like, some people, you can't pick your family. Yeah. You know, some people don't get along. Like, my family's my best friends. Yeah. And they're my business partners. And they work with you. We all get along. We love each other. Which is great. I mean, it's, it's cool. Yeah. So, okay. So, did you have a plan in anticipation of this going viral? Did you have a plan for what you're going to put on the site the next day? Plans are for fools. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I like that. You can't plan plans, can't bro. Plan and so, and what kind of stuff? When people went to the chive that day, when they clicked on Jenny uh, quits on the on the erase board, what kind of stuff could they look at that day on the chive? It was fully populated, so it was like it is now. You'd see the daily afternoon randomness. And yeah, you'd see. Russian mail order brides, I think, uh-huh. was that day. And probably photo bombs. Back when photo bombs were big, I'm kind of getting away from those now. Right. Oh, you're not the subject good. of the photo, but you are behind the subject of the photo. That is <laughs> inherently funny. <laughs> right. Uh, but well, like, when, did, when do people start sending you pictures of themselves? Uh, like, when did that start really, happening? Kind of off the bat, but how we got girls to submit is a totally different story. Well, how, the, how? I totally faked it. Really? Like what? Like you had people you were friends with I, take pictures of themselves or something? No. No, it was even worse. <laughs> uh, I'm not proud of it, but it's part of the history. Paid I, people. No, I would. I went to 
I wanted to do this thing called Sexy Chivers, okay. and the first one had 17 photos. Okay. <laughs> but it's not like Instagram is today. At the time, the only way you could get girls' photos was there were two ways. You could stalk someone's Facebook page, yeah. which I didn't want to do, or you could go to 4chan. Okay. 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 So I would take these uh, photos off 4chan. Okay. Yeah. Like seventeen of them, and I just said these girls submitted to the chive today. They're 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 sexy chivers, and I called it sexy chivers because I didn't even know what a chivet was. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I didn't say these are chivets. The right. chivers named them chivets eventually and helped me out. They were like, "Sure, Should you call them chivets," yeah. and I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, it's sure, great idea." Yeah, that's what yeah. we're that's what I was going to say anyway. So I, I just it was a fake it till you make it. I did that for <laughs> three or four weeks, and then suddenly some girl submitted her photo. <laughs> hey, we got one. And I emailed her back. I'm like, "Can you can you write chive on on your hands so it looks?" Legit, authentic. Because here. you know everyone thinks that we're, yeah. we're taking these from from 4chan. It's like the kidnap picture when they hold up the newspaper, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want right? to you want to make sure, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And so the next week it was like six girls submitted, and now I'd probably say we get probably two or three thousand submissions a day, and we don't have those. So today, to these days, you get two or three thousand just of female submissions yeah. a day, well, and it just seems like it's. I mean, has it has it like escalated to the point where I mean, it, it feels like. Like, do you do you have to ding stuff like people look too good like their like model photos are get coming into you or that kind of stuff like no because now models are submitting because you can you can link up their Instagram and their Twitter and yeah. if you do that they'll get four or five thousand followers yeah so yeah I think that the chive has to remain true to its core and I think that the girls next door idea yeah the the relatable girls next door mm-hmm. is still my favorite yeah. sure okay you know, yeah I, I just like that yeah no, that's why I like I, amateur porn versus uh, professional exactly porn. <laughs> you know, right. it's a real want, people doing I don't it. want it glossy right you know, I don't want it too gritty but I want just a real girl that I feel like I could have may have may have a chance with so yeah. when you select out of those two thousand three thousand photos that come in a day you, that's what you look for is someone well first of all yeah. we don't really select it because we don't have the manpower we're not a corporation we're yeah. only eight editors so the god's honest truth is. We don't get through all of them. Like right now, the the hottest girl in Des Moines, Iowa, is crying herself to sleep. She <laughs> right, didn't make she the sent cut. the picture. Right, okay, yeah. but, but, but that's way. not the case. It's just we couldn't get through all the pictures. We get through this. We threw up the ones we liked, yeah. and you know. And, and by I, the way, by the way, you know, we were at your offices yeah. and uh, <laughs> walked in. It's like look to the left, and there's a dude. Literally, he's just scrolling through hot, <laughs> slutty pictures. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm looking. I'm like, you know, that's not a fucking job. <laughs> this is not. You people are not working here. So you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's that's, not even. Th- he doesn't even think twice about it. But yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm desensitized to it. He, you yeah. know, it's like, what, like he doesn't even enjoy his. his what he doesn't have. He doesn't have, an, he doesn't have yeah. an, a, a, a hint not. of a hard on. Yeah, he, not even a hint of a hard on. I'm not. You killed I, his penis. <laughs> No. I'm like people know to stay away from me on Friday after I do sexy chivers because that's like I'll do. I still curate all the galleries myself, and I want yeah. to. Why wouldn't you? They give you like 500. They distill it down to the sure. top 500, and I'll go through to get it down to about a workable 88. Yeah, and after that, like I can't sprint home if you I'm should get a little office, masturbation chamber in the new office bro see, that, that, you, you know, just zip in that, there that, and then that's kind of you know, you know don't shit where you eat <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, yeah don't disturb john he's work, busy i live like three blocks away from work it's like i might as well have a headband <laughs> and fucking sneakers sure. it would be sweet if the ceo of general motors had the same problem here you know i mean he had to sprint home and, something like yeah. you know after we get to, <laughs> that uh, you know Oh, I just saw the F-150 built. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Holy I shit, I looked at 88 pictures hands. of the F-150, and I got to jerk yeah. off right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. They just bought in the specs for the uh, the 2017 models. I uh, Excuse me. Excuse I me while I go jerk off. off. 
do they have you guys tell me some of the crazy fucking shit because you guys don't do nudity, right? No. Tell me some of the crazy shit people send to you and you can't put up there. I mean, you must get that must be the real fucking folder of pictures. Yeah, yeah the private folder. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, you know, I just have I have a rule about that too, and that's just <laughs> always say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone I, who am I to be getting these photos sure. of naked girls right. sent to me? I'm like you're the fucking not president that. of the chive, bro. That's have you ever reached out and asked a girl out on a date? Oh, that's a you good can one. you can plead the back fifth. in the day when it wasn't really such when there was no accountability. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. But this is the nice thing because you and we have no problem with that. But you like uh, you have created an office environment where there's no such thing as sexual harassment. Well, I don't know that there's no <laughs> such office as that, Lemmy. Well, I think you don't seem to understand that. No, but it's like all of the girls, <laughs> women, all of the people that work there. <laughs> oh, we're like, well, no, the, the girls that work there were like a different breed. Like they're like, yeah, come on in, you yeah. know, make yourselves at home, check out some tits, you know, like they're. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that they were doing that. The were guys they? are just the litmus test. Is would I want to drink a beer with this person? So the people, the, yeah, the the employees of the chive are. They're not just nice, but they also they don't get to be pretentious because you have to be aware that the chive has become something has outgrown our capacity to run it, and it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, and then you have those those sort of tech startups, and I won't name any names, but they all kind of become douchebags. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't allow that at all. Like you don't get to go out and flaunt that you work at the chive. You earn the right to work at the chive, and you have to carry yourself. With class outside mm-hmm. of the chive, yeah, and inside the chive, you can you can do as you please. You can have mm-hmm. some fun, but you know you still got to treat everyone with respect. But the girls who work at the chive are are, um, are actually amazing. They were amazing, oh, yeah. but also I I feel like you know, I mean, people might not think of this way, but definitely as many women working in that office as there were men. Mm-hmm. I yeah. felt like yeah, right. It was a situation. It felt like you know, it was. It's not like it's a, it's a fucking it's sausage loose. factory. You know what I mean? Our, it's our, our HR guy, of which there is one, is pulling his hair out <laughs> of his head every day. Yeah, like, oh I guess God, so. Watch out for lawsuits. Fucking idiots. Yeah, no, but like it's when we had our first office at Warner Brothers. Yeah. The first time we were charged with hiring people. Part of the deal when we were interviewing the women and actually the men was like. You know, what kind of sense of humor do you have? But essentially what we're trying to find out is like, listen, we create comedy, which means that we have to be able to speak how we really speak. Yep. And it can't be that like when you're sitting in the office, we're suddenly nervous because we have to restrict ourselves. There ha- When you're a specific brand like yours or ours even re- requires a certain amount of freedom. In fact, it requires 100 percent freedom. So like it just seemed like you had done a good job of hiring. This is our sandbox. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone's has a job with a creative bent to it so you need to be able to have that latitude and we instill that in our, our employees we have two bars and uh, nice bars very well, nice bars. very nice yeah bars. let's describe uh, can we describe the office a little sure. bit sure so you have two very well stocked bars right <laughs> and there's a slide there's two floors and there's a slide that a gets you from steep, a 45 <laughs> a degree steep angle yeah. Slide, yeah. a slick slide yeah that gets you from one th- level to the next yeah uh, and we were shooting a funny video with these guys and uh, there's a girl who had to go down in a dress, and she went. Yeah. It was like a ski slope. She yeah, went flat so right <laughs> She was such a sport. She was a huge sport. Yeah. And we started catching her, and then like you could see our, our fingerprints in her arms. You know, just yeah. trying to trying well, to keep her from also, falling. She had to go down that slide. We in our sneakers, <laughs> when we hit the floor, you could barely <laughs> right. keep yourself upright. Right. She was in high heels. Right. 
and she had to somehow plant those teeny little heels into the ground. Sure, she, she didn't. She never could. She didn't. No, no she went boom. She went yeah. flying. Um, let me let me ask uh, but so, also. Uh, but so wait. So, yeah, then, sorry. so you've got the you've got the steep slide. You've got the bars. Yeah. You've got uh, now. There's the berry. The uh, there's berry. a section with the berry set up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is and the, the berry is child. the female child. Yeah, kind of right. Downstairs, you've got the, the big pool table. You've got the giant screen TV set. Yep. Uh, the lounge. The lounge. A nice kitchen mm-hmm. area. Um, then we have the studio. Yep. The, where we do all the shoots downstairs. Right. And now you do podcasts out of there too, right? Podcasts in there. You got a, po- a recording also, studio. We have the conference room, but then we have the walk-in kegerator, refri- keg refrigerator. Yes. That where you houses, brew your own beer. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. Exactly. Sorta. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. it's thank in you, there it's thank in you cba and red hook who yeah. actually brew it yeah. they brew it yeah. kcco beer and we'll get to that but it's yeah. you know, it's funny because it's like when we started shooting the video and actually we probably can't even talk about this until like sure i think there's restrictions on what we <laughs> sure about. sure uh, that's up to you guys well we uh, we and uh, we get You've peaked everyone's interest we have a what gag order so we have a gag order until march 24th i have to come back and find out but so. uh like you know okay we were watching you guys shoot uh, a video piece by the front door, and it was like you know you, you had uh, Mac was talking to the the gazelle or the antelope, <laughs> the and the t- the two of you were having a thing, and it was the first time that like people have come up to us all through our careers and said so like basically it's like you guys are a bunch of college friends who like just entertain each other, and you said hey let's film this shit because that's what everybody says, and you guys are actually doing it, so you know you you captured something there, and that was this was the first time I felt that was like. These guys are doing what we kind of. They just yeah. fucking. They're here. They do this shit. They shoot the shit. They're having fun making videos. And isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. yeah. And we we were inspired by watching you. We learned this from watching you guys. Yeah. No, we, we were talking. Do you guys with, ever feel like because so many people come up to you, how proud you must be of this body of work you've put together? Yeah. Well, also in, in the fact that we were friends who went to college together, and and people. You know, come up as like, hey, we got a group of buddies who are pretty funny too. You know, and it's like we were lucky enough to actually harness that. And you didn't just get it go done. to co- college together. Like you two clowns are like common law married at this point. Here we are, we are. But you know what? It's something else. Which I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> we are. You, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, we went to all went to Colgate University, yeah. and we were beta theta pies. We are beta theta pies. Yeah, no. and so are you. Yeah, we're all Kai beta theta pi. Five guy five, right? Kai Kai woogie woogie. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you're you went to Hanover College in Indiana, right? I just got back from there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you're you are a beta because people say you were a beta, and you're like, no, I'm still. A fucking but by beta. the way, I, by the I'm way, the seeds are being sown right now for a broken lizard chive national beta theta pie party. <laughs> well, they're gonna someone's gonna say something at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Betas have helped us out along the way, so you guys were betas. Yeah, yeah. Four of us, four of the five of us were yeah. betas. Well, yeah. you know, we can't all be perfect. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Soder wasn't a beta. The other guys we were the all betas. betas. Helped me yeah. when I first moved to uh, UCLA. The, we the we, we did that too. We they helped I'm us out. Uh, yeah, they helped us out. We had a couple of different events that they uh, sponsored and and things like that for screenings and things like that. That's the awesome. betas. Yeah. Of course. Did yeah. We. we where did we? No, we didn't shoot. Did we shoot our TV? No, we we house? shot at a different house. It wasn't the beta house. The beta house was like three houses up. But be, you know, beta also helped us when we were our first movie, Puddle Cruiser, before Super Troopers. Uh, we couldn't find a college that would let us shoot the movie, and Colgate, where we went to school, didn't want us to shoot the movie. And first, like all of our fraternity brothers, started this grassroots thing, like all like writing in and faxing in <laughs> to Colgate, saying, <laughs> that was like, the "Hey, d- you guys come yeah. to us when it's time to uh, raise money, and now you won't let alumni." Uh, 
pursue something you there on foster, the campus. Help foster their yeah their creativity. The summertime, and they and they allowed us to. And then we we got up to the shoot, and they wouldn't. Uh, we had a problem with place to live, and then Beta was like, "You can have the, the house for the summer." And so we housed the crew in the Beta Fraternity House when we shot the yeah. movie. Isn't that great? Though? Yeah, which was Fantastic. hilarious because a yeah. fifty-year-old director of photography, we gave him what we thought was the choicest room in the house. <laughs> <laughs> which was which was be the, happy with this. Yeah. It was a board of wood on four cinder blocks. It was like it was like room cinder block. <laughs> and and we were like he's going to love it. That's the the bed everybody wants. We'll give it to him. And like and then he he'd be in the gang showers and we're all in there like, you know, fucking being yeah. assholes and and he quit. Uh, <laughs> he did. He came back. He, he came quit. back. He came back. But see, you didn't know. You didn't know there were all betas, did you? No. You didn't know that. I didn't. I knew right? that we had that Isn't that interesting? That instant connection. Yeah. As men do. We're brothers. We are brothers. <laughs> we are brothers. Do you have interaction with the... Ba- uh, you said you were just back there. No. Uh, yeah, I just went back. They they gave me a, like some sort of uh, achievement award. That's great. That I just went back for, and that was... Didn't Woody Harrelson go to... So Woody, Woody went there, too. Okay. I, when I, you first move out to L.A., you know you have your list of contacts. Sure, yeah. yeah. And Woody was on that list because he went to Hanover. Okay. And you think he's never going to actually help you out yeah. in any way and but you have this idea if, if i ever went to woody's house it's there's gonna be pot everywhere sure we're gonna play basketball Kicks, with yeah. each other sure, sure. and so i'm gonna show him my and, and, yeah, yeah so then yeah then i then i met woody out there mm-hmm. and i gave him my phone number i met him when you were in when you were at hanover or here in I'm la out in la yeah yeah and pre-chive oh way pre-chive this is like 2002 man this yeah. is like <laughs> this was singular wireless yeah kiosk days boy and we I gave my number and I thought, well, he's, I'm from, uh, you know, we went to Hanover, so he's never going to call. And then he called like the next day and he's like, come hang out. Oh, shit, really? And, and he goes, and let's play some basketball. And okay. I'm like, well, shit. Are you any good? I'm okay. It was water basketball. <laughs> okay, in I, the pool. Because I was a swimmer, I could play that. And okay. So I brought all my friends up to Woody's and then it's exactly <laughs> what you hoped it was going to be. Tons of pot. He's just rolling up weed everywhere. He's the nicest guy in the world. That like, is great. Chick, like Alicia Silverstone's there. Okay. And, and he didn't know you from <laughs> shit, but because he you went to Hanover. I went to Hanover. Okay. And so he was really helpful. And I hung out with Woody and his brother and uh, Lauren, his, his wife. And he's got the great kids. He loves being a dad. Yeah. But in the meantime, he's got. He does have copious amounts of weed that he's smoking all the time. And I was used to smoking dope, like, in Hanover College, like, swag. And I was never good at it. I just laughed my ass off. I only smoked, like, once a month. So I could not hang with Woody, but you want to smoke weed with him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would just do that. And then it became this even heightened surrealness for me. <laughs> exactly. Just out of college. Yeah. So then you're playing putty, or pool with Woody. Yeah. Putty. Putty with, with wool. And all you can think is, I'm playing Woody Harrison. You're right. Oh yeah. I'm so stoked. Right. We would have the same thing with uh, Willie Nelson when we were we were doing like Duke's Hatch and stuff. Exactly. You get high, high with Woody Nelson. Willie Nelson in the middle of it, you're like, holy shit, I'm getting high with Willie I, Nelson. I had that. I had that with uh, with Paxton, <laughs> with Bill Paxton. I had a couple of it when we were making club drive with Paxton one time. And I think I've told the story on the on the podcast before, but like we were doing the Sam Elliott beef. It's what's for dinner <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And one day on the set, we were on the beach, and, and he goes, hey, Lemmy, Lemmy. And I turned towards him, and he goes, beef, it's what's for dinner. <laughs> and I looked down, and his dick is out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I, this, I'm looking at Chet's dick. If you asked me when I was a kid, while I was watching Weird Science, yep. right. if I thought that 20 years from now, I'd be staring at Chet's dick. No. Right. 
I would have told you you were Fuck. insane, but here I am saying Chet's dick. You should have been mm. like, I got a little dick. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how, where'd it go with Woody? Did you guys become fast friends or something or no? We Did it end? back and forth. We, I, I still email with his wife. He he lives out in Hawaii, lives in Maui, yeah. I believe. But was there like a, a an incident that ended you hanging out at the pool? Or, uh, no, we you... hung out for a while. Like, oh, good. It was, like a gr- it was just a great week, and then he had to go off and film something. Yeah. But now my... My our both of our theater professors, his name is Doc Evan, he's a legend, and I was just back visiting him and we're trying to put together this alumni production right. with some of the, the luminaries from Hanover College, right. if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. So we're trying to get Woody on board for a few days to come back for one last play for our, our director. Okay, so and will Woody, he uh, I know you're listening yeah, yeah. Right now. <laughs> hey so Woody. Chew on that for a couple minutes. You know. Come back. Well no, but it's funny though, because like, you know, you're it's the exact opposite of what we would do. Like, you know, I, I think Kevin and I are highly xenophobic. I, or maybe not even xenophobic, but like if somebody said, Hey, I'm you know, I, I went to Colgate University, um, I'm out here. <laughs> Here's my number. Call me. Yeah, I probably wouldn't call him. Well, we get that. Old, we, I, you know, I get it a pretty good you amount. You should. And I think some of the times we do. Some of the times we do, but some of the times we don't. Will you remind me of an example where we? Um, Rod Blackhurst. Okay. Okay. Was he persistent? Because you have to. But be he's persistent. A, yeah. But now, to be fair, Rod Blackhurst is a filmmaker, and he's a very good filmmaker. Yeah, but I didn't know that. I just uh, I was introduced him through somebody else, and you know. We hit it off, and then we did a couple things. And sure, but at like... But it was uh, because he we went to the same college. Okay, but that's not exactly the same thing as this. This is like, <laughs> you know, Rod Blackhurst <laughs> didn't walk up to you and say, hey, I went to Colgate, here's my number, give me a call. Uh, kind of. I feel like kind of. And you gave him a call? Uh, we had uh, lunch, me and Cliffy and Rod. Okay, you and Cliffy and Rod. Right, Cliffy there was, was an intermediary. Yeah, there was exactly, an intermediary. Exactly. Yeah, so it's different. Okay. Well, whatever. This, uh, yes, I should... sanctimonious off that we're at. You know, you <laughs> bullshit about your dicks right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I saw Kevin's dick, uh, and in fact, so did our entire true crew uh, last week. Actually, we didn't see Oh, you didn't dick, see my dick. But, uh, Kevin, I lost a bet to Kevin, an Oscar bet, yeah. which was, uh, you know, basically the Oscar picks. He beat me. And he beat you, and then he had to pull his dick out because of it? No. Uh, then I got to piss on his foot, <laughs> which we videotaped. <laughs> yeah. Which we videotaped and put up with the last podcast last week. Of so course you It's did. of me pissing on his foot. Yeah. yeah. You just tell it, it was the day after we came back from... Uh, by jellyfish, so you yeah. were just helping oh, him out. That's what I was saying. The, it was the, the day after we came back from Austin. Yeah. And I pissed on your it foot. It was our 100th episode, too. This is our 101st episode. Well, I just I just pissed on half my employees' foot the other day. We were like, we are brothers. You did? Yeah, I just go around pissing. Oh, okay, okay. Did you video that? And you know what? I, <laughs> if I didn't know you were from Indiana, you just convinced me because you said I pissed on uh, all my employees' foots the other day. It's feet. It's <laughs> no, in Indiana, we're just feet. No, it's okay, foots. Okay, got it's it. foots. I don't got know what you're talking foots. about. Like, the, the, um, there's room for left brain word fascism everywhere here. <laughs> John, uh, on another subject, has anybody ever told you you look like Paul Newman? Wow! Don't you see Only a Paul Newman mom. in his eyes? And Wasn't Paul Newman from Indiana? Or no, he was from Illinois. Where was uh, he from? James Dean, I think, was Indiana. Okay, okay. Uh, ha- has anyone ever told you to pick Paul Newman? Oh, jeez. Now he's going to suck your dick. Next he's going to suck your Hold dick, on, dude. Can we take a break? Can we pause this for a second? <laughs> <laughs> this is when he looks at 88 pictures of Lemmy and, and then runs back. away. I, hey, how are hey, you? Everybody. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was good. Good, uh, good uh, only my mom. 
what when did you guys uh, uh, start like learning about how to make some dough off that merch? Like it seems like your merchandise is a huge part of your yeah, yeah. Well, particularly yeah. your pirated Super Trooper shirt. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they've made a lot of money we'll get, on we'll get their other that. shirts. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that lawsuit here uh, after, <laughs> yeah. after the show. But we'll it seems like you know here. it seems like that's a huge uh, source of income for you guys. I mean, you guys do a good job with that shit. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for it too. Is when if you're not a must buy, if people don't know who you are, yeah, then big advertisers will not advertise with you at all. Right. So even though the chive got really big, uh, the ad money first, was good. Right. No, it was shit. Oh, okay. I mean, we were we were like our we were getting by. Yeah. We were keeping the lights on, but it was nothing special. No one would advertise like a McDonald's wouldn't advertise or a Procter and Gamble. No big money. Uh, advertisers are going to throw anything at you because yeah. you're an unknown quantity. Right. They want the safe bet. Sure. So they're not going to gamble on you. The right. Seats, and the, the idea was like, well, you've got butts in the seats. Try to sell them some popcorn and peanuts. You know, because mm-hmm. so we actually we printed out the chive on. Uh, we we went and got like it was like uh, call it like two hundred black T-shirts, mm-hmm. and we yeah. went down to the Av on in the Windward Circle. Okay, I had one of those electronic printers. Yeah, and we just printed the Chive logo on them. Okay, and we started this storefront called the Chivery, which we built for a little under r- right around ten thousand dollars. Okay, so uh, an internet storefront, an internet, an e-commerce storefront. Okay, got it. And I thought we're going to sell these 200 shirts never. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe yeah. we'll sell, maybe we'll sell like over the course of a year. Right. Because it just has a chive on them. Yeah. And so we opened up the chivery and we sold the shirts and they sold out in like two minutes. Got and it. We, and I remember thinking at the end of that day. How far in are you? Like a year in or? Like a year and a half. Okay. Maybe? Okay. Okay. It, I could be wrong. Yeah. And I remember it. At the end of the day, we had made $17,000. Okay. And that was like... In, well, fucking awesome. Unreal. It's like free money. So we go back down to the <laughs> Ave. We're like, we need all the black blanks. And he's like, you guys took them all. So we started going out to like TJ Maxx's <laughs> and like aftermarket wholesalers and uh-huh. buying all these misfit sizes of black t-shirts. Yeah. Anything they had. Yeah. And, we're, and cobbled, we cobbled together like 300 more and printed the chive on them. And, and we did this for like eight or nine months. Right. We would just go out and we get we get any T-shirt that we can get our hands on. We just print our designs on them down at the Ave, and we kind of outgrew the Ave. They were great to start with, and then we kind of learned accidentally how to clock the e-commerce business. Yeah. So that until even now is far bigger piece of the the pie than advertising. Bigger than advertising, really? Yeah, yeah, and. And is it because of the theory? I don't want to give away your secrets, but it's like this this limited edition kind of philosophy, or is it uh... not so much anymore? Yeah, I just the the scarcity model works for a while, and it was, but I wanted it to be honest. Like if it's not scarce, I did kind of didn't want to fake it. Yeah, um, and you always want home runs, but I I would prefer a, as a businessman, yeah. just a sustainable business sure. model is a much better than the heart attack of. Of these these huge spikes in business, no one wants to deal with that. And after three years, you're just usually not consistent tired of it, you're just stream. Yeah, but it's it's not a it's not a real workable business model. But you still do it with certain like like you just put like a Chris Farley T shirt out. Again, that's and, true. Right? That's an honest thing. Like, yeah, we can't. We don't know that Bill certain Murray batches. or yeah. Keep Calm is going to sell you know millions of dollars worth of T shirts. You yeah. can't predict that. You just have to create good designs. So when we partnered with Kevin Farley and the Farley Estate, yeah. Who knows if we're going to sell 50 
or, or 10,000 of those. We don't know. Right. And right now they sell out really fast, but that's just because people like them. Sure. And, and it's, it's they're new. And, and yeah, and I refuse to go out and pre-print 20,000 of them because right. that, that would seems be dumb. stupid. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to print a couple thousand of them and release them. And if people like them, that's great. But I, I'm not greedy anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I remember the first time we, like, you know, I mean, my brother and I just aren't motivated by that. You yeah. Know, the, the the day, like, I remember I had $10,000 in my bank account way more vividly than I remember becoming a millionaire. Right. Sure. I don't know what I did the day I became a millionaire. I don't remember, and I don't think I even cared. Sure. Yeah. I, but I remember when you see the first 10000 <laughs> Yeah. And I went yes. to Finn McCool's on Main Street. Nice, you know? nice, yeah. Like, and I, yeah. Just, I got a Guinness, uh-huh. and I wrote, like, 10000 on a napkin. It uh-huh. was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Like, sure. After that, like, I still wear just jeans and a T-shirt all day. Well, actually, I did go through a phase where I was like, oh, I guess I should go buy something absurd. Like really nice Italian suits? You started doing that No, or I never shit? got into that either. So <laughs> I, that's what Kevin's going to do. Yeah. I mean, like my audience doesn't know that, but I don't care if they do know. I'm, yeah. I, I, I bought like an Audi R8. Okay. And I, I just went in... Dressed like a homeless kid, <laughs> and they didn't pay any attention to me. Paid in cash. Like, it's like pretty woman. Yeah, I did. And I was like, if you can get this, because I don't, I hate paperwork. Yeah. I hate organization. I was like, if you can get me this car, yeah, right now, in twenty minutes, yeah, I will buy it. And did they think you're full of shit, or what did they say? I think someone kind of clued the guy in of this because you know, I, 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 yeah, someone was like that. Right. You should help him. Yeah. What's the chime? What's the chime? Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Shit. Yeah. Shut the fuck and up. And then I just I I haven't even driven it. I haven't driven it in like nine months. <laughs> I drove it once. Patty, take it out to drive it because I just I thought that was what you do. Sure. And this was uh, like two and a half years ago, and I was like, I just don't. Yeah. Sell well, it's because you live three blocks from work too. <laughs> that does help. Yeah. yeah. When uh, did the uh, when did the Bill Murray thing like he's kind of like your unofficial mascot or yeah, something he's a right? Patron saint. He is the patron he saint. Is. Yeah, I, I you know he was the same thing as Keep Calm. We just put it put his face on a T shirt because yeah. there was this pop art installation in Venice Beach that and it was like by fifteen different artists right and they all did their pop culture version of what Bill Murray was and my brother took a picture of this guy who wore who had this really crappy Bill Murray. It was like half of his face had kind of like a palsy. Yeah. And like yeah. it wasn't very good. But we were like, yeah, let's print 100 of those. Yeah. And then they sold out in like five seconds. Sure. And then you end up selling all this, but then you, then you, then it's everywhere and you know right. Paul Murray's seeing And him. what is it? Did he, what happened? Didn't you guys sponsor like a golf tournament for him or something? Like well, what after happened? After he called us, well, he, he called he you or like his lawyer called you? No. He does really? have a lawyer. Yeah. And is a really nice guy. Yeah. But he does his golf tournament in St. Augustine once a year yeah. called the Caddyshack, uh, Murray Brothers Caddyshack. Yeah, and it's tournament. all the Murray Brothers. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. most fun. As you can, it's all his brothers who are stand-up guys, all the, the little Murray kids. Yeah. Also really nice kids, all from Chicago. Yeah. Not an air of pretentiousness ab- about them. All of them are super nice, and it's the best weekend you can ever have. It's professional baseball players, musicians, models, and the Murrays. Yeah. But... He they were looking for a new sponsor. Okay, uh, one year because they needed a, a new big sponsor. Right. And, you know, Bill was at his once a year meeting with all these luminaries, like uh. the the president of Dell and the vice president of Amazon. <laughs> you know, like that's who sits <laughs> right. on his board. Right. But really, right. they just have to go to St. Augustine once a year too sure. and get hammered, drunk, with Bill and Murray. sit down yeah. for a year because they're legally required to. And Bill probably stood up and said, "You know, I know some boys that might owe me some money. Yeah, get a hold of these guys." And right. so they all these. Uh, Big shots called our office over the course of a day, and I, 
I finally clued in. I'm like, to what? To like to say, hey, you owe us. No, so sponsor all, this really thing. Because nice, Bill, okay. Bill's take on it was like, look, I, I kind of like the shirt. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't want to tell these kids to stop. They seem like nice boys. Yeah, you know, yeah. Why don't they just give a bunch of money to charity instead? Yeah, in yeah, true Murray nice. fashion. Yeah, yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, he's a force of nature. And and have you had contact with him? Then now? I mean, is it? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. so we're visited? about to go down in a week to do the Murray Brothers. It's happening next weekend. Oh okay. Oh cool. Yeah, down okay. Again. Okay. Cool. So, um, what? Uh, when uh, does our invitation come? <laughs> oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, has, has he come visited the Chive offices? <laughs> no, that would be cool. Oh. It would be sweet if we just if popped he, in, it, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah. If, if he did, we would not know it. Yeah. Bill does not like being restrained by any sort of schedule or rules or anything. You don't tell. You really do not tell Bill Murray to to go anywhere. Sure. Yeah. There, there's all those rumors about, like, you know, you have to call payphone in order to get in touch with him, and he's got to, you know, uh, there's no way to get in touch machine, with him. Yeah, he, or something. He doesn't have a ma- manager. And yeah. He, he does have a lawyer. He's a lawyer that you call or something like that. And yeah, who's who's a really a stand-up guy looking out for Bill's best interest, but right. not, like, too invasive. Not. And was there ever any kind of, like, merchandise that you put him on, and he was like, ah, get me off the thong. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I don't want to be on the condom. Actually, I do want to be on the condom. I, I, I the the answer is like I don't that doesn't really happen like we don't have that sort of dialogue with him. Mm-hmm. I've heard that we did a Canada shirt where it's kind of like his look. So like you know you know yeah yeah, yeah. like Caddyshack yeah. Caddyshack you know? yeah, yeah and he's in sort of a of a of a ski hat sure. right and he he does look not good <laughs> and, and I think we were maybe pushing the boundaries a yeah. little bit and he didn't get a hold of us or anything because Bill doesn't work like that but I've heard from a couple fans that Bill you know was like, <laughs> like that. come up to him and be like huh ah. <laughs> imagine <laughs> that like you're, you're wearing that shirt walking down the street and Bill Murray walks up to you you know yeah, it's like yeah. ah and he, he he meets drivers all the time, so you get that feedback from Bill, right. sure, circuitously. Yeah, well, there are all those stories of Bill Murray also with a sense of humor, like going up to people and like stealing a French fry, and being like <laughs> no one will ever believe you, and walking away. He does it at a microcosmic level at the tournament every year. Every one of my employees has a story that's exactly like the fry. Oh, really? You know, like you're watching the NCAA basketball tournament, and someone will come up behind you and in a different voice. You know, yeah. sees you're wearing a Notre Dame shirt and starts chiding Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. And my buddy's like, you know, fuck you, they're awesome this year. Yeah. You know, this was last year. And he's like, he's like, no, I don't know. Go Villanova. <laughs> and my buddy's like, no, no Nova, Nova, nothing. <laughs> Notre Dame. And he turns around and it's Bill. Uh, <laughs> like, sitting there with just a beer. Hanging out, like, yeah. Just hanging out. Having a beer. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Now, so, okay, so the chive. Obviously, you guys have been around and successful for a while now. Mm-hmm. People are certainly starting to copy you. Yes. So, how do you deal with that? Is it the kind of thing where, like, you're constantly watching your back and you have to uh, constantly evolve? You do have to constantly evolve, and a lot of people and reinvent are, yourself. And yeah, you have to kind of you have to push yourself pretty hard creatively, I guess. And I think that we do. But you can't replicate, like, the heart of the Chivers. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what really makes the Chive is not us anymore. Like, you think we're fucking controlling this thing? I mean, the Chivers could, how many millions of them? They could all say, okay, we're axe murderers now. Yeah. We're going to murder in the name of Chive. <laughs> yeah. I'm just posing In the name of John Resick. Yeah. All they do is they want to go out, buy each other's beers, keep their head up to the world to do a little more good in the world. They're not trying to change it. They're just trying to make it 10% happier. Yeah. As long as the Chive community continues to represent us out in the field the way 
by just trying to be a little better person every day, mm-hmm. then I don't have anything to worry about. Uh, and, and you read these stories, these random acts of kindness the and that the Chivers do. and It's not, it's you know? not bullshit either. Yeah. People hear that altruistic line all the time. Oh, you guys do a lot of charity. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you know, random acts of kindness. No, we're serious. Like, that's big That's big yeah. stuff to us. That's the heart and the soul of the Chive. And you can't instill that in a copycat. Yeah. They try it. Yeah. And it it falls like it. it it's met with a dial tone. Yeah. No, that's why I think it's the lifestyle thing is the amazing thing that you guys have achieved. And I, I was telling him about it because uh, uh, I thought of it in terms of like this beta theta pi thing. What you really created is kind of a, 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 a internet fraternity. Yeah. It's like a it's like a, a virtual fraternity. I mean, there are chapters in various Ch- cities, Ch- and yeah, and they get Just together like and they have chapters. parties and they have thing. And you know, I mean, uh, you know, do you guys have a secret handshake? We don't, but we should. We should. Uh, I, I'm open to options. But I think that's really astute of you. You're yeah. exactly right. We, because people, get, and there's some downsides to fraternities, and people have you know some problems sure. or whatever. But uh, the spirit of that thing is camaraderie, yeah, camaraderie and getting together and whatever. And it really is amazing. It's what you've created is this kind of nationwide, worldwide fraternity, really, right? We just started international chapters. You did this week, Ireland. Okay. Perfect place. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go there again. Are you going to go over oh, well, there? we'll have to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. you got to go visit. Yeah. And so, like, what will the Chive Ireland chapter party look like? <laughs> will there be a lot of Chivettes? We actually had one a year ago at a place called the Church Bar in Dublin. Because we wanted to go. We wanted a reason to go there for for. Any 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 reason to go there? So we went there for St. Patrick's Day, and we took most of the company with us. Uh-huh. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna hold a meetup, but n- no one in Ireland gives a shit about the chive. Sure. So we rented out the church bar, and I thought like five people would show up, and we came up, and there were like two thousand people. Holy oh shit! And gr- like chivettes and everything. It was like one of the most magical evening and unexpected. Yeah. Because I always think I'm gonna be like dis- uncovered as like a fraud <laughs> tomorrow. Like, <laughs> no one really like yeah. not really gonna show up in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. But they did. It was the most humbling moment to this day to walk in and see like thousands of people in a and foreign so country. A, the only way you advertised that was on the chive. Hey, we're doing this sure, in, yeah. in Dublin. You okay. Don't do wow. Any promoters. Sure. Yeah. On the ground. You don't have to, man. You got all those eyeballs. I don't know how that even would even work. Yeah. Yeah. What, do, what? What's your out? You have to go. To dinner or something? Or you? Because I've I've yeah. uh, I have certain things I still need to talk to you about. No, go ahead. I, we're, okay, we're good. What time okay. is it now? Right now it's five o'clock. Oh, you're good. Are you okay? Yeah. You have an important dinner meeting. I I have sixty eight dollar prawns. Yeah, I know. To eat. So right? ridiculous. Uh, but I guess that's another thing. I don't know how much you want to go into this, but like we talked a little bit about off mic or whatever. But you guys are trying to branch out into doing programming and right. Yeah. Or so can, created, talk, can we talk about that? Or that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So TV and I mean that's a great. I mean, it is like you place to go. You said it best. We have to evolve. We have to be. Yeah. And everybody on the Internet is touting, well, we're going to do original programming because video is not going anywhere and you can advertise rich media against it really well. And the advertising for rich media is only getting bigger. So you kind of have to, you know, you're like gold miners. You go, you got to go where the money is. And so that's where everyone's going right now. But we have to do it good. We still have to be the chive. Yeah. And so now we're creating an original Chive series. Well, uh, it, we shot with you guys uh, on something that nobody's yeah. allowed to talk Nobody. about. <laughs> Nobody. Not for another six days. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny because actually, so I, I had met your brother Leo over the phone probably, you know, a year ago, maybe eight months ago. And he, it was. He was so excited about that. <laughs> well, I was too. I was too. <laughs> so like, but so Trevor Engelson, who's the manager for these guys who wrote Run for the Border, this mm-hmm. Script. Mm-hmm. I guess Leo had w- w- was talking to him through some f- other fellow named Doug Banker, 
And yes. and they had he had said we want to make a movie that's like those Broken Lizard movies. Mm-hmm. Instead of Trevor Engelson, he's like, oh well, I just happen to know one of the Broken Lizard guys, which is how we got on the phone and talked. And it was I mean it was fascinating to hear about you know I don't know if Chive TV was in existence yet, but like how you guys were thinking about doing it and how we've really quietly been building it for about a year. And so Chive TV is going to be the vessel through which you can view all these these new programs that we're coming up with. And at first it'll be on the Roku. Yeah. Uh, the Just a white-labeled sort of Roku stick. You can plug in. There's bar mode. There's home mode. You'll be able to scroll the daily after and round. Oh, that's funny. Bar TV. mode means like you can have it on the, something on the TV. Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. You can see that's people great. falling down in videos. It's just <laughs> repurposed Chive content. Because right. we try to... We have all this IP and all these photos that we own. We might as well you know, take all parts of the Buffalo and use yeah. it again. Yeah. And then continue to innovate with new series and and hopefully people like it because you know you know show business it's it's every day it's high risk and yeah a lot of people working together a lot of money and and the chances of failure yeah are higher than you think yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's great though i mean i i it's interesting to hear you say that like bar mode home mode yep your buffalo metaphor (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's true. It's like I mean, it's it's uh, it, you really are like it's funny because we're we're kind of dinosaurs and that like we often have to be dragged kicking and screaming into some of these new like we were made to get on Twitter and Instagram and do mm-hmm. all this stuff and mm-hmm. then after a while we start to see the light. But you guys seem like you're looking to evolve, looking for that yeah. next thing and yeah, looking you how be to do it. Be a step ahead. You know, you wake up every morning, you check TechCrunch like everyone else, and you try to stay ahead of the curve. That's not to say that we will or won't but at least what makes us good is that we're nimble and fast yeah. we'd rather be a battleship rather than an aircraft carrier sure, sure. So some of these some of our, our I hate calling them competitors in this space because they're kind of our peers and I respect all of them they have so much staff and manpower and overhead and they're, they're owned by some corporate you know conglomerate that if they do recognize that a trend is forming their ability to react to it is much slower right whereas we can see these trends and there's no board of directors that I have to go get approval right. from. It's just it's my you brother and, and Leo, and Leo just <laughs> going to the bar and being like, "All right, fuck it. It is so ordered. Yeah. You know, we'll have this shit fixed in the morning." Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why. So and so you'll you'll. I mean, you're also in a position now where you can uh, uh, make original programming and what like bankroll movies and things like that. Is that is yeah, it, you mean, can get into that world sort of or like the two or three year plan? Yeah, but I think in the near term. You know, short form original programming, uh, something that I hate to say on brand, but that's funny because where you get your, where you can, how you consume your media is changing right now. Yeah. And everyone's trying to figure it out. It's the Wild West right now. It really is. The answer is there's going to be a mass consolidation in the media marketplace. You don't want 220 cable stations, you don't want 10,000 websites to choose from. So, right now, having a brand is going to be the most important thing. Because that helps you, it helps the viewer, the consumer, determine what they want to watch. Exactly. So if I know the Chive puts their stamp on this TV show... Absolutely. ...and my tastes are with the Chives... And, yeah, and once upon yeah. a time, you know, National Lampoons did that really yeah. well. Yeah, And that got tired. So yeah. I'd prefer to be sort of a 1980s National Lampoon. Yeah. If I could, that's... But on a greater scale, though. I mean, a much yeah, greater I scale mean, in terms of possible. TV and movies. And yeah, and then kind of get into movies. You make you make TV for money, you make the movies for your passion. Right, yeah. yeah. So once I get a little time to breathe, then we'll do the Super Troopers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, hopefully you guys will... 
still like me <laughs> in two years when we start getting into film. It's going all right so far. We're having a good time, right? Yeah, you you seem okay. We're having a good time. You, you okay. seem like an all right you guy. Know, thank my parents. <laughs> and you're doing a podcast, too. Yeah, I'm doing the podcast, the Chive you, Podcast. You get the Chive Podcast. Yeah, so we're... You had Chandra Sekar and uh, Stal- Stal- Stalhansky. How'd they do? How'd they do? Were they good or were they boring? God, they, to- they told the uh, Willie Nelson story. Oh, okay. So I don't want to tease that too much okay. or give it away, but they, okay. it was brilliant. I, it's so brilliant, I'm going to animate it. I'm going to do like a three-minute <laughs> Are you really? Okay. of Willie Nelson okay. and Snoop Dogg and Jay. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You know, they just smoke That would be hysterical. Yeah. So That'd be hysterical. They were, they were great. You guys are all, you know, that's the thing. And you, your listeners should know that you guys roll into the chive as the most normal guys, and we have you up on a pedestal as well because we've watched when you watch Beer Fest or Super Troopers two hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then you just you get this idea of what you guys are gonna be, and it's usually like they're gonna be the coolest guys ever, and they're gonna be the most down to earth, <laughs> and then you totally are, and that's right. not always the case yeah. with people that I meet in the entertainment industry. Sometimes it's just you're you're meeting the persona and yeah. then it's sad because yeah. they say you shouldn't meet your heroes. Yeah. But meeting every one of you guys, you know, you guys were fine. Like, you know, we were like, oh, do you mind? We're going to wait 45 minutes to lunch and knock this extra bit out. And you're like, we don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Feed us when you want to feed us. Let's have some fun. Yeah, well, this is great. And that's, that's great. It's refreshing that you guys have, have had your own success and that you're still... You're still good people. We're just dudes. Yeah, I mean, you're not even wearing shoes right now. I know. And you're me. wearing sweats. We're you couldn't be more of a dude right now. But you noticed he did. He did do his hair almost perfectly today. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it deteriorates as the day goes on. Look at. Yeah. Now there, it's getting all fucked up. There was but, you more know. gel. In it. It's freshly cut though. Like, but also it was. Um, Tell us more. <laughs> John, Let me tell you about my haircut. This is like the television show, The Slap. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is the moment where our relationship starts to sour. I see. No, no, we we shot you know this Super Troopers video a couple days ago, yeah. so like I had to look cop like on the sides, but I, I want because I was wearing a hat, I got to keep the top long. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Long. All right. I want to talk about one other topic. I got one other topic to talk about with you. Yeah. Because I am, I was a huge True Blood guy. Mm, yeah. Huge fan of True Blood. Okay. Yeah. So we go down to the uh, the Chive offices, and we've never met before. No, we never met before, and uh, and I'm sitting there in your office. I'm like, God damn it, you look familiar to me. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then I was just having a conversation with Leo, and I was talking, I was saying to Leo about what uh, what a great job that you were doing when we were doing our little comedy bits. I was like, Hey, John's Thank doing you. a great job, you know. And he's like, Yeah, well, you know, six seasons on True Blood will do that for you. And I was like. I, I was like, ha ha, yeah. And I didn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then I was look, looking at you, and I was like, holy shit, you're Deputy Kevin. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking Deputy Kevin. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I, I knew you looked familiar. But here's the fucked up thing, because you weren't necessarily a true blood watcher, right? But the the funny thing is, and I got to hear the story about this, but when I first saw that character on there, it had, like... Deputy Kevin is the is the deputy who has like the really hokey Southern accent, yeah, right? I mean, I Isn't really it? Do. He sounds like. Uh, yeah, be careful, you know. Kev, because he might be like, "What? That's my best Southern." No, accent. No, no, there's a cho- there's a choice, right? Because it was like it was like a it's it, like a. It started out as the Diet Coke of what it ended, but <laughs> every new season, Alan Ball would be like, "Do a little more." And okay, like, well, it's going to get too campy, and by the end of it, it sounded something like you know. 
We figured since you hung up your hat for good, it's time you put on your <laughs> new dancing shoes. You but seriously, that? that's the character. It started out with like, we figured you hung up your, you know, it's like it was so over the top by the end, and Alan Ball just didn't give a shit. He yeah. was like, go more, cow- yeah. he was like wanted more cowbell from Kevin. Yeah, awesome. But I didn't even think like like I didn't even put it together. It's like most people John are. is the the CEO <laughs> president of the Chive, and he was deputy Kevin in True Blood. Was that pre was that pre Chive? Or both happened in 2008, but I never talked about it, and it, the cast didn't start catching on until like the third season, and especially the fourth season. And by the end of it, I remember I got out of the the van. We were on location one day, and it was towards the end of season six. And it was one of the last days of filming, and all the cast and crew were like wearing like Bill Murray, <laughs> Paul and, Jive on. and I was. Was that, that on was the day? Because I don't mean spoiler alert, but you get you get mucked in that in that. What uh, the fuck? Y- yeah. You're not gonna watch. I it. I am gonna watch. You're not gonna watch it. I am yeah. gonna watch. Listen, we've had Sam Trammell on as a guest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah. And, uh, it was you know an old dear friend of mine. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you can meet, you can meet us later at the polo. No, but in, in the early days, <laughs> no, because I remember he came to the Slam and Salmon premiere like after the first season of True Blood. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to tell my wife, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my friend who's in the, uh, the, 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 the vampire show. Like, I couldn't remember the, the name of the show. She right. did. She had no idea what I was no. talking about. But anyway, so I, I still haven't watched True Blood, but I, my plan is to do it. And okay. That well, everyone gets mucked in True Blood. It's not really, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, but that's the fun I'm of it. But, but you wouldn't recognize me otherwise because I had a hat on and I had the big... And your hair was a different color yeah. and it was like you were, you were, a, you were a different person. And, and uh, I, you know, when I, saw, when I, I remember watching that and I'm like, oh, that actor, uh, I don't know who the actor is, but he's doing a comic thing. And like, <laughs> I wonder what the story is behind that. And I wonder what the story is behind him, you know, and, uh, and. And then here you are. Just now you can fucking tell me. Yeah. Like, did you audition with that voice, or did you audition in that southern kind of character? That voice. But I, there was a kid I knew in college. His name was George C. And okay. he was from Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. And he was like the, he was my best friend. He was just a good old boy. Yeah. But he was a hayseed man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. His take on the world was very like, you know, like. I'm sorry, you know, that's how he'd apologize. Uh-huh. I have that, I'm sorry, and so then it's like, you, I'm sorry, sucky, you know, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I feel like I owe this kid money at this point. Yeah, 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 like he you residuals you owe? He, he doesn't care about, he don't yeah. watch TV, he he just lives on a farm somewhere. Yeah. He is true blue, and I totally stole the character. Did you, when you went in and auditioned, did you do that character? Did you, was that the character from less, the audition? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I snuck into the audition. What, what do you mean? I snuck into the audition. Like you weren't called in? No. You didn't have an agent that got you in or anything? I would, when I was an actor, I would just this go is to the right. This guy. This, this is the guy. American success story. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So that's right. You, it, the auditions were at the lot. You that's right. That's that. where Jay's yeah. office is now. So yeah. at the lot, but abutting the, the lot was this small garage, basically, where I took acting classes at this okay. place with John Short called the, the Barn. Yeah. And so what we would do at night, we'd have acting classes on Thursdays. And at night, we would sneak into the lot, just wa- roaming the lot, which is this old, beautiful studio. Yeah. And we would just dream about being in Hollywood. Yeah. I dream- it's right in the middle of Hollywood. Yeah. Right. And so we just wander around at night, so I knew how to sneak in. And I was like, you know, I wanted this role, but I didn't have the credits. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going in. Right. I know how to get into this place. Right. So I jumped over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, it's a big wall. It's sure, a lot. It's sure. Like 12 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's guards all over the fucking place. Yeah, I scrape my, yeah. you know, I, I dust myself off like, okay, I belong yeah. here. I belong here. Yeah. And then it went to the Studio West lot, Studio West 3, to audition. 
And I walked in like, oh my god, I totally belong here. Yeah. And I forget if it was Lisa Miller Katz, the casting director, the big HBO casting director at the time was. Um, she was like, "You are not here to audition." And yeah. I was like, "What do you mean? Of course, you know." I'm Your here. name is not on my. I can't believe my name's on the paper. She goes, "You know how I know you're not here?" And I'm like, "No." She goes, "This is the callback." <laughs> <laughs> and I like look behind me to the three other Kevins that are behind right, me like, right. that have been picked. Right. And then like Alan Ball walks out, so, out and he's my hero. I'm like, "Holy shit, it's yeah. Alan Ball! You wrote, yeah. He wrote, won an Academy Award." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have that that conversation between the casting director and the Alan Ball, and, that's, right. and Alan could have just said poured his coffee and went back in the room and told me to go right. fuck myself. Yeah. But instead he kind of nodded his head. And I was like, oh, is it? Really? So well, like he three, just the accepted? The three actors were like, right. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go in, you got two minutes in the room with Alan Ball. And sure. And so you got, you worked your way in there. I did. And, and then you I got, got the, the fucking part. Holy shit. later on the 10. Yeah. After I had auditioned and it, and Alan was like, welcome to True Blood. Holy so shit. Yeah. And it's, I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of it, I mean, look, obviously you did a great job, but part of it has to be the fact that they like your fucking balls. Yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. And that to that, and now I, I carry that with me with hiring anyone. If you bug me enough, I'll give you an interview at the job. Careful, careful, and, John. I, careful. No, it's true. They're going to bug really you now. I'm really open about this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but you have to bug me. you got to yeah. want it. Yeah. You know, and you can't be creepy stalker like, you know. No, you just have look at this. Run for the border. Run for the border. Run for the border. Run for the border. You're trying to pitch in projects? Run for the border. But it also probably had something to do with doing that unique character. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean Yeah, I mean uh, there's a choice that you made to do that character. I I love that little guy. You yeah. know, you gotta commit to it. Yeah, and that was a character that I played because Yeah. Were you he, playing I'm sorry, were you playing the character? While you were talking to Lisa Miller and trying to work your way in there, or were you? <laughs> no, but Alan had me improv it, okay. even talking to everyone else, you know, in, yeah. in the room. He's like, "What do you think of that guy?" And I would be like, "I don't know. He's suspect." And you wouldn't think Alan Ball would be big in improv. Sure, he's such a great writer. But yeah. he was great. And then he kind of he hired me. I was supposed to die after the second episode, and right. he kept me around for like seven seasons. Yeah, that's and awesome. he told me at the end, he's like, "You know, I just could never kill." And yeah, because you had a few important moments. Like, I, I, what, there's that whole orgy uh, subplot, which I thought you would maybe get but I wasn't mucked a, in. They, they didn't let me into the orgy. Were you in that orgy with the Marianne? The, uh... No, and I wanted to be in an orgy. Okay. It doesn't matter what I the scene I seem to remember all, you. All you need to remember is there was a big orgy, and I remember all you... the actors wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like lobbing on set I'm like why Why you just say let no him. I shouldn't go because I feel like it would be like the camera would just go by and like some actor was like fucking another actor from behind yeah, and I fairy, felt like and Kevin was, was there orgy it was a fairy orgy yeah, yeah. but your but your death you know I wanted a little more glorious your death to be a little more glorious than it was hey 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 I thought it was pretty decent I mean it was I did, I did get to explore it was ah. surprising it was it was and it because uh, the girls didn't know we were rolling on it Steve okay Moyer Who's one of my good friends? Yeah, we had kind of uh, coerced with each other okay. that we were doing a rehearsal take, and instead, I'm just I have hydraulic lines full of blood hooked up all right. over the place, and I'm in a dungeon with yep. all of the female cast members. Yeah, they're they're all chained up and watching this, and we kind of turned the camera on them as if it was just going to be a run through, and then we went live with it. So when you oh. see, all well, was Stephen directing that episode? Yeah, Is that Steven okay? Gotcha. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So then when you see my head get, uh, the guy bites down on my neck, yeah. I do. You don't know what's going to happen. I think everyone's curious. Right. Oh, well, this is, is he going to explode? Yeah. Well, yeah, he did. And then the girl starts <laughs> fucking screaming. And their reaction to that on right. when I die is completely legit. That's Everyone's awesome. like, oh, Fuck. my God, baby, are you okay? I'm like, it's, it's not real. That's it's just a TV show. Listen, if it makes you feel any better, 
we have a movie called The Greek Road that eventually we hope to make. And there is an orgy scene in it. <laughs> I'm listening. A big orgy scene. How big? With <laughs> animals. There's fucking yeah. animals. In animals are in it. Yeah. But there are animals in that one, too. Yeah. Oh, in that fairy one. Yeah, there you go. So. White horses. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll tell you, there's only one person who's not in the orgy. And he's sitting at this table. Oh, so Me. you know the pain. My character wants to be at the orgy, exactly. but no one will. Yeah. Why can't you just let him in? No one will let me in there. Well, he because actually, He actually tries to get into the orgy. Right, that's the joke. Because uh, I, I, play, I play the part of Plato, and all his relationships are platonic. And so he can't get into the orgy. Like he's trying to get into the orgy, and like, and they're letting in, they're letting in animals and and fuck and kids, right. and like you know, and. But since everything's platonic with Plato, he yeah. can't. He the girl, can't get in there. the girl he's trying to get by is like, I don't know. There's just something about you. I don't think this is the place for you. He's like, Come on. is it funny? It's funny though. That scene's it's funny. funny. It's a funny scene. A but scene. you know, I don't get the you get in the orgy. I fuck door. everybody. I fuck everybody. Of course in that you scene. do. And you're gonna be there too. <clears throat> okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. Thank Let you. him be in the orgy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we go, L.A. versus Texas. They're both great. <laughs> Very I, diplomatic I mean, of you, uh, let John. Let me say the only other place I would move other than Venice Beach would be Austin, Texas. I, I, I love Austin. I fucking yeah. love it. Every time we go there, we have a great it's time. Great. Yeah. But do I miss yeah. California? Of course I do. But if, if I knew I was going to grow my company from 40 people to 100 people right. and do that in the state of California, That's in hard. Venice Beach, yeah. Yeah. I can't even wrap my mind around not only the tax implications of it, but the logistics of doing right. that. Sure. Right. You know, we'd all have this. We'd work in some, like, homogenized... Uh, Fourth Street complex. Yeah, you know, and I wanted the chive to be the sandbox that you talk about. Yeah, so yeah. We, we and we had dudes like we were talking to the thing. He's like, "Yeah, I hate to leave in L.A., yeah. but like here I can buy a house." Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? All of our employees are doing that now. Yeah. they were all single. Now they're getting married. They're having kids. I'm really yeah. proud of that. Yeah, I I love that they're starting to be a little bit more domesticated because we were tiptoeing down the primrose path of really lushdom yeah and yeah. now they're all kind of stable and I, I like that about them i like i like austin i'm probably gonna move back to venice beach at some point at some point yeah this is the place that made me it's hollywood you guys yeah. know yeah, yeah, yeah this is where dreams come true <laughs> yeah the place to where your dreams came true sure and, and yours and mine so yeah. i owe for that well, yeah. wasn't it some didn't some big corporation buy your office building and kick you guys out for, of venice that's not that's shades of gray. <laughs> Snapchat lives in there Snapchat. now. I That's would it. say, fucking Snapchat. Fucking I mean, if Snapchat. you got ten billion dollars, I think everything's free at that point. Sure. Yeah. You, you, you want to buy the Santa Monica Pier? You came home. You're right. like, honey. <laughs> I don't know. I was on my way home. I saw the Santa Monica Pier, and I thought, oh, why not buy it? Why not buy it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. So, be great to hang out there. Yeah. Well. All right. He, uh, yeah, do that Should we chew? Yeah, we got to chew. Yeah. Uh, we got to chew on the way out because we're at one twenty. Okay, hour twenty, dude. How long are your podcasts usually? Uh, about yeah, about an hour, hour and ten. Hour and ten. Okay, yeah. all right. But you guys are so much fun. You ask such thoughtful questions. Thank you, thank you. We like to have a good bullshit session. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but fascinating. I, you know, like we don't. We usually, you know, we'll have comics and actors and whatever. But this is just fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't I hope, know. I hope it's an inspiring story. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy to tell it. It's great. You don't yeah. do a lot. You don't do a lot of uh, interviews either. So we don't. I, That's nice. Know, we, get, we we get invited a lot to do it, and we did a piece for Business Week two years ago. That re- wasn't bad. I read it. it, but it wasn't. I read it. It didn't capture the essence of the chive the way I'd hoped. So yeah. it kind of made us a little bit wary of doing interviews, and yeah. we only do the site for the chivers anyway. Yeah. Why, why do I need to be anointed by? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the private equity world and people who say these are people are important. Yeah. You know, I mean. Real importance comes from the people, right? Yeah. And we yeah. have that, and that's all I'm trying to 
Fucking man, I'm trying to make fucking people laugh. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like us. I'm not trying to go hang my dick out for <laughs> right. you know, for the New York Times to to circulate amongst their their high minded right. uh, sycophants. It, it is interesting also because I do find that like uh, amazingly, you would think it would be differently, but like I think there's a high percentage of um, misinformation uh, given out by people that you do interviews with. Absolutely. Um, you know, misquotes or, uh, you know, any sarcasm uh, can sometimes oh, yeah. be misconstrued, misconstrued or misprinted. For sure. Um, In our case with the Business Week article, and again, I didn't think it was horrible, some of the stuff we just didn't say. And I thought that was kind of sad, yeah. knowing that people at that level could just say, well, sure, maybe I heard it. Yeah. And she didn't have a recorder with her at all yeah. the whole time. And I was wondering, how is she going to get this right if she's not recording? It's like the waitress that orders from the table of 16 oh, without yeah. using a pen. Because yeah. she's trying to be cool. Because she's trying to be cool. And you just, you know, like, <laughs> and then she I'm fucks not going to get my baked potato with chives yeah. today, yeah, am yeah, I? And that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of sad. But I, and then my brother and I were really kind of like, we're butthurt by it, and we thought, you know, I'm not going to do the late night shows, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do yeah. your, I'll do your show. I like shooting the shit. That's yeah. why we do it. That's yeah. why we do this because you know. Or I'll do like a if a college kid wants to do his uh, like a dissertation right. or anything like that, I'll be the first to at Hanover College. Yeah, like anywhere. Just I'll give sure. you 20 minutes of my time. Sure, because you matter. Yeah, the other people they don't give a shit about us. They no. they want to. They want to craft their own narrative about what the chive is, and they always get it wrong. Yeah, always wholesale wrong. Yeah, like you know, because they no one wants to hear about uh, charity. No one wants to even hear about entertainment. What yeah. drives viewers in that world is money. Yeah, and my brother and I really don't really want to talk about it. I don't know why that's so yeah. important. I don't care anymore. Well, that's because it's that's how they they stratify you. You know what I mean? That's yeah, how they, that's that yeah. that's how they classify. Yeah, us. yeah, yeah. My parents taught me a little bit different than that. So. Oh, I like that. Yeah, let's chew. Uh, let's chew our way out on that. <laughs> we chew. Are we chewing on that? Yeah, chewing, okay. chew on that. Thank you, John Rezig, for coming shooting the shit with us. This has been great. I hope the prawns are delicious tonight. <laughs> yeah, let's I chew prawns. They, I hope they taste better than this. I hope they taste better than the fucking fake prawns in my mouth. <laughs> Thank you. <Nick. laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. <laughs>